Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Aitisha Banks, and this is our very first Gathering Place podcast. I'm here with my guest, India Jefferson, who is also my sister, and we're going to be talking today about transitions. This is our very first podcast, so just to give you a little bit of background about who I am, I am a principal, I am an educator, I have been um, doing so for about 20 years, and now I'm at a place where I am going through some personal transitions, so that's what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about what happens in a transition and what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to get through it. Some people can cope, some people can't, some people fall apart when a transition comes, and some people really bear down and just really do what they got to do. So it takes knowing and assessing and reflecting on what you can do to successfully get through any type of transition in your life. It doesn't have to take you completely out. It can prepare you for a very great and next step in your life. So we're going to be talking about some of these things and talking about our experiences and talking about the things that we've endured. Nothing too super personal, but we're here to talk about it and to share with people so they can be empowered to be successful in the transitions that they go through in life. So India, tell us who you are. Don't start with my name is India. Tell us who you are and and what you do. (laughs) Oh, I'm starting with my name is India. My name is India Jefferson. I am a children's affirmation and empowerment coach. I am also the owner of Indigo Blue uh, Coaching and Consultation Services, and I am a fabulous, fabulous auntie. Yes, you are. Um, So that means that I'm the favorite auntie in the family. Tisha's not, but big to differ. Okay, (laughs) I'm the favorite. I'm the favorite auntie, anyway. Um, but yeah, transition is is something that um, everybody in their life at some point has to deal with. I'm actually on the tail end of a transition. It was a probably about a two year transition. So um, it'd be interesting to hear or see uh, different perspectives uh, to help people walk through this particular uh, difficult or can be difficult time in your life if you're not prepared to deal with it or if you don't know how to navigate it. So I think that this podcast will be helpful for people in any stage of transition that they may be in. And I think what people have to remember, too, is that transitions are not always quick. Sometimes transitions can take a while and you're like, how long is this going to be? How long do I have to endure whatever? And then your attitude toward it sometimes will dictate how able, how, how well you're able to maintain your mental health while you're going through it. Because people don't think about like all the stuff that comes down on you when you are just not assessing where you are. So let's just say, for instance, somebody's going through, I don't know, like I feel like I might be going through a little midlife change myself right now because things are getting ready to shift. And so I'm like, all right, all right, here I am. I've been doing one thing for 20 years and now I'm getting ready to shift and do something else. If I don't take time to really assess and to think and to really plan, even people are not all made like that, but it's something that I had to learn because stuff was always catching me. Right. Unaware, off guard. guard, And I was mad for years, (laughs) angry, for a very long time and you can't live in anger it's not a good place that's true that's true it's not a good so place. Su- surprise transition uh sometimes you get a chance to prepare for transition like you are able to tra- uh, prepare for transition but if it's a transition like mine's it was a surprise transition so i had to be able to think quick on my feet and try to figure out how to deal with certain things and different aspects and all the things that were being thrown at me at that time and like you said some uh, a lot of transition is not it's not short sometimes it's not quick takes a while so like I said I'm on the tail end of a transition which has been about two years um and 
thank God it's almost over, but it was a lot of different things that happened in that two year time. So whether you get a heads up that you're getting ready to go through transition or if it's something that kind of comes out of the blue, either way, you have to be ready and prepared to deal with it. And how well do you know yourself is what I think about. Like one of the notes I wrote down is when you're moving through going from one transition or one situation to the next, how well do you know about your ability to mitigate change? And when I say that, because I said that to some people that I was working with, because they get ready to go through some serious changes. And I was like, all right, y'all, what, what are you going to do? How do you know this about yourself? How well you deal with change? Are you going to take into this new situation all the stuff from your previous situation? Are you going to change some things or make a mental note to only take those things that are positive into your next experience? Like, what do you know about yourself, about your ability to manage change? Yeah. Are you going to be productive in the next situation that you're in? Or are you going to infect it with all the negative stuff that you had happened to you before? Well, that's true. That's true. And if sometimes in some instances you can take some stuff and in some instances you absolutely cannot. Sometimes it's a complete clean slate. It's a complete fresh start. And clean state slates and fresh starts can be scary for some people. Uh, a lot of people like me, I like stability. I don't like surprises when it comes to my money. Mm-hmm. I don't like surprises when it comes to stability. Yeah, I don't like surprises like that. So uh, you have to be able, you have to have the mindset to be able to navigate whatever is thrown at you. And if you kind of take it from an open mindset, then you won't, you know, whatever comes, you'll be able to deal with it. It's when you close yourself off or say, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, you're used to doing something a certain way. If you don't want to do things a different way, then you're not going to survive the transition. But if you open your mind and open yourself self up to just kind of go with the flow and try to manage it as best as you can, then the transition will be a little bit easier. Not saying that it'll be just completely 100% easy, but mentally and physically and even spiritually, you'll be able to handle the transition with a greater level of grace. One thing that I know for sure, for me personally, one important part of successfully successfully dealing with transition is reflection, thinking about what either past successes I had or lessons from failure. And I couldn't I couldn't hinge on that word failure because, like I stated before, if you dwell on just reflecting on whatever failures you had mm-hmm. from the previous situation that you were in, you will indefinitely remain in a black hole of despair and frustration. So mm-hmm. you have to think about the lessons that you learned from whatever failure it was. So like I thought about um, all the different life experiences I had, like family experience. So from my family experience, I learned to pray. I learned that prayer was important and I learned that serving God was the purpose of our lives. Right. I learned how to serve others from my educational experience. I learned um, about my favorite subjects and learning what I was good at, what I was able to do, what kind of personal inventory I had, what kind of skills I had to be able to market myself or whatever that situation may have been. Right. Then I thought about my vocational experience. Um, I really have only ever had two jobs. Did you know that? Uh, no, I did not. I've only <laughs> ever had two jobs. I worked at Joanne Fabrics. <laughs> <laughs> don't judge me i was in charge of notions if anybody know what notions is i was the person that put away all the buttons you're the button girl. i was the button girl and okay. i put away i put away buttons i put away uh thread zippers that was my job and i was a teacher joined fabrics and teaching well you three because you're a principal so that's three. Does that really count? That does count because am I trans- still in the school? No, but still, you transitioned from being a teacher to a principal, so that's three. That's all right. You know, then you got a promotion. You got okay. a promotion. Okay, <laughs> three, <laughs> three jobs. Well, that's 41. a good. That's a good thing. Though. It is a good thing. It is a good thing. It's, so I'm I'm a person that also likes consistency and likes to you know kind of but but well, you know you, as you deal with get ready for transition and you got to be a person if you are used to doing one thing, staying that way 
will keep you it's difficult it's difficult because when something new comes along then you're like oh oh what am i gonna do i've only ever done this all my life listen I ain't living that life. So I'm about to jump out. This is something that I've never done before. Right. And I'm just start doing stuff that I've never done before. Adventure me 2019. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Then that, I go that's, but that's what you have to do. I have one thing that I did learn in these two years of transition is that you literally have to go with the flow. I, I like I said, I don't like not being stable. I like stability. I like to know where my money is coming from. I like to know, you know, that I can do X, Y, and Z when it's time to get the check. But when things start to happen and you're just kind of out there, you have to be able to go with the flow. Uh, the most devastating thing is to have a situation that you're not prepared for. And even if you don't have, you know, the money or if you don't have, you know, whatever resource that you need, at least you have, you may have people that will gather around you to make sure that you have those things. And if you don't have that, you still have to have the mental stability to be able to, na again, navigate these waters because it's rough terrain. It's not it's something that you can just sit there. You know, it's not everyday easy going. Stuff changes daily when you're in transition. Um, you know, and, and it can wear on your mental, physical and spiritual well-being. It can wear on that. So you have to make sure that you're prepared. Uh, I think most of all, spiritually and secondary, a very close second is mentally. Even if you don't have the finances for whatever it is that you need to do, you need to be prepared spiritually. You need to be pre prepared, prepared, excuse me, mentally. Um, because the it just it way especially if you're a person, a creature of habit, if you're a person that does things a certain way all the time that getting that shaken up or getting that if it gets broken up for whatever reason it can be devastating so you know yeah. two two things i want to talk about before we go into how people can successfully navigate change and transition i want to talk about the idea of resetting and then i also want to talk about um the the notion of what transition if you have an experience of a transition, because I have a uh, an experience of a transition that kind of threw you off guard and how you were able to kind of come on the other side of it. So I think I want to talk first about something that threw me off guard. So it's no surprise, you know, we live in an economy where jobs are not certain. So you one day have a job thinking everything is okay. And then you get the letter that we'll see you on the next go round. <laughs> right. We'll see you on the next go round. Right. <laughs> so, so then you are like, Oh wow. I didn't, you know, in, in some instances you go to the job, like I'm sick of this crap. I'm Lee. I'm y'all made me mad for the last time. Right. Bye. Until they say, okay, here you go. <laughs> we made you mad for the last time. Well, here you go. You made us mad for the last right. time. Right. And so then you get in a place, you question, you question your, your own skills, you question your abilities as whatever profession you're in. Mm -hmm. You question whatever the Lord has for you. You're like, Lord, mm -hmm. are you serious? You had me do all this for all this time and I end up with nothing. Right. Um, you question everything, everything comes into question. And so what then, like you said, what then do you do when all that happens, there's some people that have had more severe transitions than that. People that have had, you know, uh, their marriage ends suddenly right. either by divorce or by death, unfortunately, or they may lose a home or gain a home or gain right. family or people move in or people move out. You know, all these things happen, moving churches, changing different stuff. And so one thing, like I said before, that I know has worked for me, like you said, a first is prayer. But then you also talked about your mental health. And I know it's like a buzzword now, 
where people are talking about, um, you know, making sure that you assess and they want to bring things to light and they want to talk about, you know, different mental health issues. But really, really, mental health is like we like some information that we have here, your emotional intelligence, your ability to really assess where you are understand your emotions understand the emotions of the people that you're dealing with that's a mature way to do it because you can't always fly off the handle and get mad at everybody that's in the middle of this transition with that's you. true that's true so you have to be able to really guard and manage your emotions and think about what it is that you're preparing yourself to deal with um it goes into forward thinking um, I know I'm kind of jumping around, but I talked about a little bit about mental health. So India, what's something like you don't have to talk nothing real deep, but a transition that you had to go through that you really had to take back, had to take a, an assessment of where you were and then make a determination about what you wanted to do. Oh, no, I'll tell it. <laughs> no, I'll tell it. I, I had um, gotten a position that I really, really liked. I was uh, I was a mark kind of like a marketing manager for a financial um, a financial firm. And I was making really good money. I was traveling. I was doing all kind of stuff. I had um, just gotten, I think I was just in a really good, stable place. And then when we went to work, I was with them. I was number one in sales for three years in a row. I had beat out 17 other people that was in my position. Um, I was, we were number one in revenue. We had taken our team from being 146 in the company to number one in about a year and a half. So we were rocking and rolling. We were doing all kind of stuff. I had been given extra territory, so I wasn't just teaching or uh, doing or teaching sales in, in Cleveland. I you was were teaching doing your thing. right in Virginia and Kentucky thing. and a couple different places. So um, after three years with this company, we go. They take us out of town to a conference in Indiana, and they tell us on Monday, Wednesday, <laughs> you won't have a job. And we're like, what? That sound about right. <laughs> what? That's just how they do. <laughs> what? Anybody watching this know that's just how they <laughs> exactly. do. I was like, what? what? Hello. With zero notice, no nothing, and nothing, and, and notice, not not a piece of a notice piece. So that started the transition. Um, went through a couple months that didn't have a job, and then finally got a good job. Um, making I was making I think I, they hired me in at like eighty six thousand dollars or something. So it was decent. Had that for you remember when they I was they were paying me, but I didn't have to work for a little while. Yeah, I remember. And then looked up. And that company just shut down. It closed. So in that in that six month period, I lost my job, my house, my car, and then our mother died. Yep. So that was a great deal of transition yeah, that was a lot. for me. It was a lot. So I mean, and you all were dealing with stuff, but I was dealing with all of that. So it was, it was level, multiple yeah. traumas, multiple levels of loss. It was a lot. So I had to learn how to deal with. Um, just deal with the loss, deal with the mental part of it, deal with the emotional part of it. And it took me a minute and I'm still working to get back to, you know, get back on my feet as you know, where I would think have that you, I would be stable. Not to interrupt you, but have you given yourself time? And I, I used to hear people say this all the time. Give yourself the space. Give yourself space. I've had but more than enough you, space. You had more space than you know what to do with. <laughs> but honestly, in, in it though, <laughs> did you like, when you're in it, you're not thinking about, let me give myself the space. But did you take a minute to just say okay this is happening and i need to figure i need to give myself a minute not in the to beginning kind of get through this. no okay. i'm doing that now not in the beginning okay. in the beginning i was in emergency mode i need to get a job i need to get back on my feet it's I fight or to, flight right i need to get my get another house or another apartment i need to get another car i got to do x y and z so i was in emergency mode just consistently for 
months and months and months and months in a row. So, but then after all that stuff, I just was like, at at one point I was like, you know what? I don't care. (laughs) And that's the answer, folks. You know what? You know what? I don't care. I don't care (laughs) because (laughs) it was so much happening and so much going on that was out of my control. Yes. It didn't make, you know, as much as I tried and fought and scrapped and did this and did that and did this, nothing was working. So I think what would have made me go through that ch- transition a little bit better is if I pro- I probably needed to go sit down and talk to somebody, to be perfectly honest, mm-hmm. and not deal with it on my own. Mm-hmm. I know that it's you do need to try to have a, a hold on your emotions, and you need to, need to have a handle on what you're going through, but sometimes people need to sit down and talk to somebody. And I will say, you did shut us out. You shut me out during that time, <laughs> and I didn't necessarily appreciate it, if we can be honest with everybody and ourselves. <laughs> I was trying to deal. Try- I know you was trying was to deal, trying but I'm just saying deal. we used to share a room. We had yellow blankets and one pillow. We used to share a room. I was trying to deal with so it. I think if anybody could talk to you, it could have been. It. it was hard, man. I was trying. I was trying to I deal get with it. it. That's why I gave you your space <laughs> for your reset. To you get your reset, I, I do my right. reset. I, but I had to reset. It was either that or, you know, well, you know. I know. Yeah. I know. So it was one or the other. It was one or the other. It's going to be this reset either, right either here. Gonna, right. Now, we're going to reset. This other. Either we're going to reset. Either we're going to reset in Marysville or we're going to reset right here the legal way. A legal, a legal reset or an illegal right. reset. So since I didn't want to have my reset in Marysville, I figured. <laughs> no prolonged reset exactly. in Marysville. Exactly. I didn't want to. No pre- prolonged reset. I didn't want a three to five year reset no. in Marysville. So I figured. <laughs> I probably need to just go to keep to myself and just deal with my emotions. But like I said, during that time, hindsight is always 2020. It's always 2020. Whenever you are able, if you're able to look back on certain periods or certain areas of your life, you look back, you say, you know, if I was able to do this again, I would have dealt with it in a different way. Right. The only thing I knew how to do at that time is to kind of just turn inward and let me deal with my own stuff, my own self. Yeah. Yeah. One of the notes I wrote down about, like the things that I've learned from painful experiences is I've learned from my personal lack of planning. I've learned from trusting in man that I shouldn't trust man period. Right. right. I've learned actually from our own um, journey of trying to give birth or trying to, you know, become pregnant to trust God. You right. know, we just have to trust God. It happens right. in his time and in his season. I've learned from uh, rejections to forgive, like just right. different things that you learn along the way and that's what I was talking about when I was saying lessons from failure or lessons from painful experiences um you know even from dealing with people at work dealing with harsh treatment dealing with you know stuff that happens at church you have to be able to forgive yeah you do have to that's a big part of it too is is coming into that's a part of that whole assessing your emotional part is you know because when you go through you do tend to start blaming and becoming angry with people and, you know, get them sound, I want to talk to you, I want to talk to you, you did this, you could have did this, right, you didn't do right, this. Right. You know, all these different things come up and you have to be able to take ownership of what you know you did or didn't do. And then also, you got to let folks go. Sometimes you do have to be, if it involves other people in your transition. Right, and you have to keep in mind that everybody, I know it sounds cliche-ish, but it's not cliche. It actually really is a very valid point and it's worth 
uh, people starting to have to take thought of it. Everybody is not going to be with you your entire life. They're just not. That is the truth. Some people that are the there truth. for yeah. a few months. Some people are there for a few years. You got the the long haulers that they'll be there, you know, for your, you know, the entirety of your life or whatever. But you have to be, we don't like to cut ties with people and we don't like to cut ties with things. We feel obligated right. to hang you on feel for whatever reason. Or for you, whatever reason. Or, you're, or you love the person. And or that's, you love them. And that's fine. But yeah. you have to, some, everybody is not going to go. And that's just, you hear that said a lot, but it's not really, people don't take heart into to what, what that actually really means. And honestly, it doesn't matter what, t- like if you could be a younger person or older person, I'm saying this for a reason. You're right. Not everybody is going to be in your life for the rest of your life. Some people are just there for a season, whether that season is, you know, a year or 10 years. Some people are just there for a particular season and you do have to be able. Part of that is transitioning. One day you have somebody in your life and the next day they may not be in your life. Right. And if you kind of hold if you try to hold on, that's when you get stuck. That's true. That's true. So I want to go into the idea of forward thinking because, you know, we 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 can go on and on about um, different situations and things that happen that are bad and you know the idea of doing a reset um, you know all those things but the idea of forward thinking is something that I read about that's an idea in business and people know about it it's not anything that's super brand new or you know groundbreaking or whatever but I think it was an important idea to bring out because in business and in education it's the idea of leading yourself or your family your business or whatever in the right direction towards success regardless of all challenges setbacks and changes so that was the part that kind of stuck to me leading in the direction toward success despite challenges setbacks and changes because we have a tendency to go through life trying to avoid setbacks trying right. to avoid right. changes and being upset when challenges come i know i was always a person that people say i take on challenges i love challenges i don't i don't love challenges <laughs> I don't like them at all. Quite frankly, they get on my nerves. <laughs> so when a challenge comes up, it really does like it until here recently, it would throw me for a loop. And so I, I had to learn to breathe deep, think about what I knew how to do, pray right. hard, right, and then go from there and to continue to lead in the direction towards success. So this right. is just something, you know, an idea that I wanted to talk about as far as forward thinking is concerned. And we have some some notes talking about just those ideas of people who really are able to move in a positive direction. And hopefully this is helping somebody because maybe it's something that you knew, but you may not have thought about. Right. Like the kind of, the type of, I guess I'm trying to say like the the skills or, you know, the traits that you need to have in order to be able to successfully think forward so I wanted to talk about that right there so this author um, brings out some things in his article um, and it's five qualities of forward thinking leaders and it's about leadership you know but India India is a leader in that she has a business that helps to motivate and um, cultivate children we're going to talk about that a little bit at the end and then I'm you know in a leadership role as an as an administrator but Things that you are just kind of, you hear this all the time and you don't necessarily think about it, um, but it's something that is worth talking about because I do want help pe- to help people think about and meditate on these things and really get them in your spirit and really start to practice them because it will help you to become a better person. The first idea that the author brings out in this article of five qualities of four thinking leaders, and I'll give you the information later and I'll make sure that the link to the article is in the description box below our uh, video, but it talks about courage, 
uh, people who have courage, have a strong vision, and they have the ability to take calculated risks regardless, um, and they can achieve more because they have the courage to do so. Now, I'm writing a book, a children's book right now. Did I tell you that? No. I'm writing a children's book. It's called Nina Ninja. Oh, Nina wow. Ninja. Yes. And the yeah. whole theme of the book, right? The whole theme of the book is about yeah. courage. The whole theme of the book is about courage. And so um, even as you think about like the work that you do with children and just even work with people in general, yeah. I think for me, the theme over these past four years of my life have been to be courageous as much as possible right. to like look look situations in the face and just take it on just do it so it definitely requires in order for you to be a forward thinker you definitely have to have an amount of courage um we talked about emotional intelligence being able to evaluate your own emotions and evaluate the emotions of those around you. Like I deal with a lot of parents and, and teachers and students. And sometimes when they come in my office acting a fool, I have to know that it may not necessarily be about me and them at that time. I have to assess maybe they're angry because of whatever, maybe X, Y, and Z has happened. And it's not just me that they have these issues going on. I have to assess their emotions. And sometimes when I'm able to kind of have a conversation, calm mom down, calm down the kid, calm down the teacher, then I really get to the bottom of why they have had this issue. And most times, really nine times out of 10, the meeting ends on a positive note where they have had an opportunity to really even assess their emotions because people don't always take right. stock in their own emotions. Oh, they just start they flipping out, no, no, cussing you out, no. going in, and you trying to figure out why and what, and you want to retaliate, you can't because your right. job always on the line. Right. Your job always oh. on in jeopardy. <laughs> you, you always you the one. got cussed out. Yeah. They cussed out the security guard. Everybody. The kids got cussed out. Everybody they cussed out the it. lunch aid, the hall monitor. Everybody. Everybody can get it. <laughs> What's it? Everybody. Everybody is getting it because Everybody. they have to come up to the school to deal with what yes. Lil Junior has done, and, and, they don't, and they don't always want to take responsibility for the child's behavior right. either. And honestly, also, sometimes really what the issue is is, it's it's uh May twenty fifth and we got evicted and I don't know where we gonna go. Right and right right. Or, so there's underlying issues. You know, my yeah. baby's father was over yeah. there last night and he smacked all of us around yeah. and now I gotta come yeah. up here today and deal with this because so and so has done whatever yeah. and so all their frustration comes out on you because you are the person. But right. emotional intelligence will help you to know your own emotion and to be able to help other people. Nobody's a therapist, you know, right. you're just walking around here able to be a doctor field, but. At least if you have that, you can not be uh, not allow that to be a trigger for you when somebody else is also going in. Right. Uh, one thing that I'm learning to work on is strategic planning. That sounds like a super boring word, but I'm telling you, if you plan, it will help you to have. It does help what it is that you that you need to it be able to help. do because you got to know help. where you're going. That is true, that's, and that's part of forward thinking. That's, that's that's a big part of forward thinking because you have to uh, if you don't plan then you just have to deal with things as they come. I mean, if you have a plan in place, at least you can forge forward and just keep trying to push towards whatever your goal is because you have a plan. You're going to get distractions and you're going to get different things that come at you and different things that try to pull you away, different things that try to stop you. But if you don't have a plan, a strategic plan that says, hey, if this happens, I'm going to go around this route. Or if that happens, I'm going to go around this route. Or if I can keep uh, sailing forward, you know, I'll, I'll see blue skies and green pastures at the end of this. You have to have a strategic plan. If you don't, then whatever comes at you, it's going to stop you. And, and that, like you were saying earlier, being able to go with the flow, yes, but that should not be your plan. 
Right. Going with the flow should not be your plan. Whatever happens should not be your plan. Like I know in this last transition that I'm that I'm dealing with and people at work are asking me, what are you going to do? What's what's going to happen? What are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. Wherever I'm supposed to be is where I'm going to be. And that and that was my way of not letting them all in my business, because I do have a plan. Like, you know, I don't need to share that plan with you, but <laughs> I do have a plan. I know what I'm doing. You just may not know what I'm doing. So, um, yes, it's absolutely necessary to have a strategic plan. Um, these last two things are things that I know that I'm personally working on. Um, I like to be execution oriented, which is the fourth thing that the author brings out. Um, basically having a plan doesn't mean anything if it's not executed, you can write it out, you can dream it up, but you have to be able to make a move on it. You have to be able to make a move on it. You have to be able to, um, be productive and that part will help you if you are, executing these things you write down you know a lot of people have these lists of things that they wish they could do I know bucket list is one thing but they have these lists of things or these plans that they want to do and these things never come to fruition because you don't execute it like you don't actually do it yeah and at some point your plan has to have legs you have to you have to give it life to be able to push it forward to be able to do it the last thing the last quality of a forward-thinking person or a forward-thinking leader that I want to bring out is commitment committing to the process now we have people that have a fear of commitment not wanting to say like you ask somebody can you so and so and so 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 next week i'll let you know okay that's one thing (laughs) all right that's one thing but if you know that you have a plan you have to commit to see that plan through you got to be able to you know not even be afraid of failure. Some people do. Some people are afraid of failure, so they never commit. That's true. And it, and it causes you to kind of be in this cycle. You're afraid to start over. You don't want to mess up. You don't want to whatever. So you just hands off. Don't do it at all. Like it's a million reasons why not to do something. But I had to tell myself the other day, think of reasons why it can work. Stop thinking of right. reasons why it can't work. And that's something I used to have to tell my staff too. Don't come at me telling me why it won't work. Tell me how we can make it work. Why right. will it work? Right. Um, because if you start with already failure in mind, you're never going to get anywhere. You have to start somewhere and you have to be committed to whatever it is that you start through. And this kind of thing, not only will inspire you to continue to do better, but people that are watching you, that are watching your story, that are watching your process Mm -hmm. will see that you've committed to something and they'll be inspired to do because people are watching. They're definitely definitely watching and they let you know that they're watching and you may not, you may not know at the time that they're watching, but you'll get someone that come, a few people actually come up and they'll say, Oh, I was watching you going through, or I was paying attention. You know, you dealt with it this way or you did. Mm -hmm. They don't have any problem with letting you know how they felt like you dealt with it. And you can probably add something else to this list after commitment is diligence. You have to be able to work on something until you successfully see its completion and not just see its completion, but a successful completion, um, commitment and diligence, they go hand in hand. You can be committed, but if you're not diligent with what it is that you need to do, um, you won't see it through to a successful completion. So that's something else that people have to pay attention to and they've got to work towards and work through. Um, cause anybody can start something, but are you going to see it through, through a, to a successful completion? That's true. That's true. So, as we get ready to wrap up our conversation, just thinking about the things we talked about, thinking about reflecting and resetting and thinking about the qualities of being able to be a forward thinker as you navigate your way through transition, because that was a topic of everything that we wanted to talk about today, just how to go through transitions. You know, as I talk to different people, 
at everybody is at some point of transition. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people that I talk to are at some point of transition, whether it's like I said, with their home or with their marriage or right. with their job, right. with their health or whatever the case may be, everybody's at some point of transition. And so just being aware of where you are and understanding what you need to do in order to successfully navigate through that transition is going to really help you in the end. I want to ask you, India, to tell us a little bit about what you've been doing. Talk to us about your business and the things that you do for children, which I think is a really big deal. Okay, so as I said in the beginning, um, I am a children's affirmation and empowerment coach. So what that means is that uh, I deal with children who uh, who deal with some level of shyness or they've been bullied or uh, for whatever reason, maybe they're overweight, underweight, maybe they don't have... Um, you know, the clothes that other kids have, maybe they, you know, whatever they're dealing with. And, you know, it's been a lot. One of the things that I, that made me uh, do this outside of my own issues from when I, when we were little, mm-hmm. uh, being an overweight child was that I kept seeing these stories about these nine-year-olds committing suicide. That's the devil. And I just could not understand what in the world would make a nine-year-old child take their own life. And I know that some of them, you know, it's a lot of things that got to do with video games, but it's mm-hmm. also a lot of pressure at school that these children have to deal with that we didn't have to deal with mm-hmm. when we were younger. Now, I was picked on. I was bullied. I was, you know, they would throw glass bottles at me. They would they would jump me. I, anything that they could do because I was overweight, they did it. Let me find them now. Right. Because I'm going to tell you <laughs> what. They, they did it. If I was at Liberty to say names, because I, oh, I remember names. <laughs> but you, but I remember names. I used to have to beat up people for you. you I remember? know, but I'm telling you. <laughs> but, if I see them today, <laughs> I think I think they go. You had me think, after school that, on the bus on, th- on on <laughs> Cranwood then, but I'm gonna tell you right now, I you can come gone. and get it. I think they go. Okay, they go. All right. No, I've, but, I've seen a couple. They go. Okay. They, they are, All right. It's been. I'm gonna let it let that go. Only because we still in the city, man. Listen, <laughs> anyway. I, could, I ain't gonna drop no names. So the kids have been dealing with a tremendous amount of stress and a lot of depression and frustration. And the parents are just, they don't know what to do. They are bewildered. They have no right. And the kids don't want to talk to their parents. So since I, you know, as long as I can remember, kids have always opened up to me. I don't necessarily solicit the conversation or information from them, but kids have always just came to tell me, you know, I'm dealing with this. I've had children at church or wherever I'm at. They'll say, auntie, you know, I'm somebody's beating me up at school. I'm like, well, did you tell your mom? And no, they haven't told their mother. And I'm like, well, why are you, you know, not why are you telling me, but it's kind of like you didn't open up to your parents. Um, so because children have always done that and because of the influx of suicide with these young people and with people just getting, you know, the bully narrative is just getting just out of control, It is out of control. Out of control. And it's I know, I know how it feels to be bullied. I know how it feels for, to, you know, to be in that particular situation and environment. Uh, so I, what I do is I help children um, to empower them, to help them understand that you are worth something or, you know, you are intelligent, you are smart um, and, and teach them how to change and train their mind to go in a different direction. Because if you have a kid that always thinks they're bad in math, their mind is going to subconsciously take them down that road to cause them to do bad and fail in math every time. So what I do is try to help them to turn that narrative around to, hey, you are good in math. And if that needs to be paired with some tutoring uh, and some empowerment phrases and some affirmations, then that gets the child to go on a different path versus thinking that they're, you know, not intelligent enough to be able to conquer whatever they're trying to conquer as far as math is concerned. And then, like I say, you just have some of the kids that are just that just have low self-esteem. They, they may be shy or they have low self-esteem. So I work with kids like that as well. That's a good thing, because what 
parents may not think about and 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 people deal with this on a different level but what parents may not think about or remember is that the things that happen to children traumatic experiences that you know people say kids are resilient and they are kids are resilient but I want everybody to remember that kids also grow up to be adults and people hold on to things it, just like it goes we with hold them. on to things yeah. as adults these things stem from childhood so if there are instances of bullying or traumatic experiences that are happening right remember that this will be with them through life and if you don't give them an opportunity if you don't if you don't help them process these things or overcome these things right. become empowered through these things then it'll stick with them and it'll, it'll it'll bring some very negative and devastating adult habits right um i see it all the time or I just containment the time. or just containment, containment yeah. where the child never ventures out to do anything that's true the fear of failure is so strong in them and that rejection thing is still kind of keeping a hold of them they're never able to overcome that yeah and if you don't do something while they're little i i work with kids between the ages of five and 11 years old because that's the sweet spot that's where you can turn things around mm -hmm. if they've been bullied or if they've been beat up or if they feel whatever kind of way maybe they have to wear glasses maybe you know they're chubby maybe they're underweight you know whatever the issue is and people and kids can be very cruel this world in itself is very cruel very cruel people don't mind giving their opinions on what they think you should be doing or how you should look or what you should wear or what you should smell like or how your hair should be uh, they may not offer any assistance to make those changes they think that you should have but yeah, they're, they're definitely going to offer their negative opinion and those things stick in a person's heart like little shards of glass and they don't come out unless you pull them out so that stuff and, and if they don't pull them out then the child walks around as an adolescent going into young adulthood and then becoming a full adult with that same wound and never being able to deal with it and then also hurt people that are hurt hurt other people right and it perpetuates it over does it perpetuates. to other people over to their family over to you know maybe they can't succeed real well at a job mm -hmm. or you know and it's just stems you got kids that may say you have a child that forgot their lines on the school play and mm -hmm. they got laughed at mm -hmm. whatever reason mm -hmm. That child may grow up and say, you know, I can't do any kind of public speaking because I've just never been good at it. Instead of just instead of dealing with the issue of, oh, I just forgot. It's, it's as simple as I forgot my lines at the school play. But because of the laughter or if somebody jeered at them or if somebody did something to them, this idea go, rolls up and it mutates and it mm -hmm. multiplies and it go and it rolls until it's, oh, I can't speak in front of people. Maybe you were called to be a public speaker. And but you'll never realize it because you didn't deal with what was going on, you know, as a child. Yeah, that's definitely a topic that we're going to have to go into, because I, what I what I encounter a lot of times with parents is the hopelessness of not knowing what to do with their child um, when they get to the point that the bullying has become so bad that it begins to affect their behavior right. and then their behavior starts to turn. And then the parent is like, well, I don't know what to do with them now. I don't know what to do. So that's, that's definitely a topic that we have to go into so that we can share some things with parents and people and aunties and uncles so that they can help right. their little ones. Um, we both have experience with working in kids and working in school districts and things like that. So we definitely have a lot to bring in to share. So this is going to wrap up our first episode one of the gathering place i want to thank my guest india jefferson for coming today to share with us that's her that's her my sister so we'll have this available on a whole bunch of different platforms so just be sure to be on the lookout and we'll see you guys next week for episode two thank you so much for joining us bye, bye.